0: So, I'm a big fan of musicals, and I was actually thinking about this the other day. The first musical that I ever saw was Sound of Music, which for the longest time I referred to as Maria, because of the name of the main character. And we had a neighbor that had the VHS tape, so we would watch it, I don't know how many times we watched this thing, but I couldn't follow the story I didn't know what the movie was about because my English wasn't proficient enough at the time and also in movies that people spoke too much, I couldn't follow, but I love the songs and I love the fact that the kids danced in choreographed ways and it was one of my favorite, favorite movies and still to this day, if Maria is on, (laughs) Sound of Music is on, I will watch it to the end. You are listening to This Immigrant Life with Jonima Diaby. My guest today is the one and only Ms. Patricia Grant. Patricia and I went to the same school called IDSA here in Los Angeles. Um, We worked on a play afterwards called Andromaquia. Um, It's a Greek tragedy, and it was directed by a former guest of mine, Caroline from Paris, France, an older episode. Um, She went on to do the play, I didn't, um, and Patricia was playing the character of Antoine the queen, and I was playing uh, Pyrus, her captor. Um, But we had so many discoveries during the rehearsal process, and... We hadn't worked together before that, so it was kind of like I got to know her, she got to know me, and I think we'll always be friends. Um, But she is a killer, killer, killer actress. Uh, So here's my conversation with Patricia Grant.
1: Okay, so I was born in England, uh, Manchester, England. And Manchester, I'm sure most of you know, is the north of England. Now, it's a very kind of like, um, even though it's kind of the the third biggest city in England, um, very working class, you know? The north of England is where the miners very, you know, roll your sleeves up um, we cook, we, you know, very hardly kind of like do takeouts or restaurants and stuff. My upbringing was very, is, was quite humble. You know, I come from, um, parents who were Jamaican and, you know, they came from Jamaica and, um, had, you know, their kids in England. So I am the youngest of three girls.
0: Um, I imagine they had a community, uh of other Jamaican settlers. What was that influence like in that mix along in the British or the the, the British system?
1: So that's kind of interesting because um, very, very young, at a very young age, I remember, (laughs) I remember um, like going to parties at this very young age where my parents, would kind of like go to house parties for the in the jamaican community and when i say jamaican it wasn't just jamaican it was kind of like caribbean you know what i mean so there were basians and you know all kinds of um people from the caribbean but predominantly jamaican and we would go to um parties at a very young age i remember my mom would take her coat off um, and then throw it on the bed and there was like loads of kids on this bed and she would throw us on the bed and we would all sleep and go and she would go her and my dad would go downstairs and go to this party and i just remember going to sleep with like the a fake sound of reggae music because we were upstairs and you know, you got to remember that in those, in, I mean like I'm not, not showing my age or anything, but back in the day we had, um, the, the houses were huge. So there were like three, four stories. So the, with the reggae music was so faint, but it would like rock us to sleep. And then the next thing we'd know, I would wake up um, surrounded by coats, looking up at my mother and father's face Kind of like taking me and um, pull, pull, um, picking me up, wee hours of the morning, and um, for the ride home. You know what I mean. So th- those were the really early days. And then a little bit later, as I got a little bit older, uh, they became Christians. So it, it kind of went from that extreme to kind of like, oh, you know god and he was the god was the center and you know things like that so it was like a it was different experiences you know and there's this kind of like and this memory that goes back and forth but i remember so much as a kid
0: what brought your parents to england um were they because they weren't born there they moved from jamaica you said right yeah yeah okay were they just immigrants that came by or what
1: yeah so in jamaica i'm sure you can Relate to this in Jamaica, they um, the custom is that the brightest person in the family everybody kind of like puts money together and they send them abroad to That's an of-
0: African thing, also,
1: exactly. So they send they can send money back to help. Um, so that was that was one of the reasons. So my mom was sent to England, my dad was sent to England, of course. And my mom's brother was sent to America, and you know, and, and but my pe- my grandparents really worked hard for that to happen, so that certain um, certain of the kids could kind of like go to foreign, that's what they called it at the time, to foreign to earn money and send back to Jamaica, and. You know and that's pretty much what happens and a lot of cultures do that you know Indian cultures African cultures we all kind of like do that to get a better standard of living
0: yeah um so what did your parents do when they moved what, what did they do when they moved to Manchester
1: so um all sorts of stuff really um first of all my dad he kind of got kind of lucky because he was like an apprentice tailor <laughs> you know uh that was his actually actual first job but I think that's the first let's put it this way that was the first job he talked about you know um so he could have done other things beforehand but he was an apprentice ta- tailor when he first came and my mom she was all you know first of all she's um stayed at home for a little bit and then she worked predominantly in different types of factories you know um things like Kellogg's and you know there's a company that was called Parkinson and Cowan and all different st- types of um you know jobs that were in the factories um you know because as i said it was it manchester's very into industrial so you know there's a lot of kind of like factory work there and you know back in the day the north was known for the the mining you know and that kind of stuff so yeah they did all sorts of stuff and then later on in life my dad um, he was a bus driver you know very humble beginnings you know never kind of like had this luxury lifestyle in the UK, is <laughs> just always, you know, we worked for money, we rolled our sleeves up, we cooked, we, you know, we didn't kind of like go out to eat all the time and stuff. Well, we, we didn't go out to eat, let's just say,
0: you know. What, what do I mean? you think, how does that inform you growing up then um, as you are now, um, that humble beginning? It
1: kind of like, what's kind of, one thing about me my trait is I can make something out of absolutely nothing you know what I mean give me a just give me a little bit and I can I can make it into something and I think that's what um I got from that those beginnings you know my mom's kind of like um kind of instilled in me that you know whatever you have you use and grow it you know what I mean so um I think that's pretty much one of the main things and gratitude um you know and that's that's another thing that um comes from that kind of beginning you know what I mean you're just really grateful for anything yeah you know
0: so when they were when they moved to um the UK uh, and when you guys were growing up uh, were their friends primarily um immigrants as well or people from other places or was it quote unquote the the people that were born in the uk and such
1: yeah so um with my mom she had a um a a uncle that she actually came to to live with okay so um you know one thing about jamaicans they you know you, you don't just not like me what I did when I came to America I just came not really knowing anyone in the youth in LA I just came and I was just like okay I'm gonna just work it out but in um, Jamaica when they came they knew people that would catch they would send my mom to so you know she's lived with uncle Ziki, and uncle Ziki had a network of people and she was introduced to that network so you know what I mean so it was you know it was all that kind of stuff so it was like Jamaicans and Africans and Bayesians and you know that was that community that they developed and they pretty much stuck together and also um you know as I said later on when I was a little bit I wasn't that much older where the church that she, she went to, that just expanded that whole community because that was predominantly Caribbean as well, that church. You know, shout out to Brooks Bar, New Testament of God.
0: Who were your friends growing up? Was it kids from church or um, who were your friends growing up?
1: It's so funny um, you say that because, like, I didn't have a lot, I was very quiet. Growing up, I was, I was very quiet, quite shy. Um, So like, I had a couple of friends, even though I knew a lot of people, the people that were close to me, um, I had like a one church friend, you know, that was close to me. And um, I had a couple of school friends that were close to me. Um, So I wasn't really um, one of these people that were like, oh yeah, you know, popular and you know what i mean i was kind of like and i didn't really like that whole idea of um being popular because i'm quite secretive i'll be honest you know what i mean i don't really i'm private you know i mean i've always been that way and so kind of like so many people in the space even the church that we went to was just huge and um i was just always quite you know quiet i was quite private
0: I feel that way sometimes as well. Um, cool. What do you find that a lot of actors you meet, and this is just lately that I've realized this, were shy growing up or very—I don't want to say reserved, but sometimes you meet people and—and and do you get this question? Um, do you get the question, then, why acting if you're a shy or private person? Have you gotten that question before?
1: Yeah, I don't know. It's so—it's kind of weird because, like. <laughs> I don't know I think I just I invented as a kid a lot of stories in my head a lot of stories and sometimes I'd feel more and a lot of worlds put it that way and sometimes I'd feel more comfortable in these um, imaginary worlds (laughs) than the actual real one and that sounds so sad but it's the truth you know, I really kind of felt comfortable in these worlds. And um, yeah, so I don't know what that is. I really don't know. And I used to like read a lot. I used to love poetry. I used to love, you know, like the Steinberg books and things like that as a kid. Um, and I used to, love, it's so weird. It was like, I always had this kind of, um, kind of like old soul. Cause as a kid, I loved all these like black and white movies. And I remember like um, back in the day, I would just kind of like absorb myself in this world of kind of Betty Davis and Alfred Hitchcock. And you know what I mean? It, it was so weird, as a, you know, for a young girl like that. And I would just kind of like be um, fascinated with it all. I remember there was this film called Rebecca, and it was like 1934. That was me. Oh, i watched that so many times. <laughs> <laughs> and I, it, I've all, always been fascinated by thrillers as well. Weird.
0: That makes sense why you like Alfred Hitchcock. Real quick, um, who's, what's your favorite Alfred Hitchcock movie?
1: Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Too many. Um, I like
0: The Birds.
1: I yeah. just recently
0: saw that for the first time.
1: Oh no
0: you I swear to you no lie I just oh saw my, the first son
1: yeah, yeah the birds is good Um I don't know this I don't know if I have an absolute favorite I just think it's just I just think he's he's fascinating
0: Yeah you
1: know, yeah just the way that he kind of like his similar lithography at the in those days was kind of ahead of his time I
0: suppose Way ahead of his time Um yeah. Like North by Northwest, Man Who Knew Too Much.
1: Yeah,
0: and I'm like, oh wow.
1: Yeah, really good. And um, you know, and the other film that I used to love was um, it was um, Betty Davis, uh, Jamie Crawford. Um, Oh, um, whatever happened to Mary
0: Jane? Whatever happened to No, I haven't seen this. I'm gonna Uh, write this down to watch.
1: That is something else i mean really i mean like i don't know man in those they were just so ahead of their time whatever happened to baby jane that's it whatever happened to baby jane and uh, it's such a great film you'll see when you watch it you'll see what i'm talking about i'm just like okay. mm. you do know
0: you tcm classic. huh tcm turner classic yeah. movie yeah, yeah, yeah. you do Oh, I yeah. love that, channel.
1: I love it. I love it. Yeah, it's dope. Yeah. yeah, I'm I'm one of those kind of like, you know, weird people that used to love those black and whites
0: as a kid. What about noirs and um, musicals?
1: Um, yeah, you know, I remember growing up, my dad, one of his favorite films was Seven Brides with Seven Brothers. Do you know that one? No, say it again. Seven Brides with Seven Brothers?
0: Yes, I I just saw that one also.
1: (laughs) He used to love that, you know, God bless those beautiful lives wherever they be. Oh my God. He used to sing that all the time. So, um, yeah, so those, yeah, there was like some after after church. um, Yeah, that was, there was like, in England, there was like these matinees. And we would come home after church, you know, after singing praises to God we would be sitting down in front of the TV and watching those kind of like musicals. And one thing about um, England as well, there was a lot of um, Bollywood musicals on a Sunday and we would have Bollywood cinemas in England too. So it was just that huge community of Indian and Pakistan. And you know what I mean? So um, we were very much entrenched drenched in that too. So it was really, you know what I mean? Really cool.
0: I love I that. You, have you seen Disco Dancer? Probably not. Or probably. I don't
1: know. <laughs> because like, to tell you the truth, you know, we saw so many that I cannot even remember half of the names. But, you know, if I saw it, I'd be like, yeah. I've, you know, I've seen clippets of it, I'd be like, oh, yeah, I've seen this one.
0: But what about the classics like uh, My Fair Lady, Sound of Music? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's very, very um, British, you know. Um, but so, I, one of my heroes was Betty Davis back in the okay. day.
0: Yeah. Okay. Oh, my
1: God. I used to love her.
0: What did you um, want to do when you were growing up as a kid? Like?
1: so um i've always wanted to be in entertainment if i'm honest but because of um the religion church that you know it was really frowned upon really Really, yeah it was really frowned upon you know because i grew up in the pentecostal church so anything really entertainment was not encouraged because there were so many restrictions within the church and um, so you know I was like wow you know and it was really difficult because I was on the creative side and they didn't really understand that you know what I mean and um, it was all very academic and so it, it was very limited and I used to have to sort of like you know my interest had sneak to do certain things it's, it sounds really kind of weird right now when I'm t- talking about it in this day and age but um, yeah, we grew up strict. It was very strict after you know going to after you know every mom find mom and dad. Well, mom finding garden stuff, it became very strict, and um, so I'd kind of like, um, you know, I'd, I'd be interested in fashion, I'd be interested in acting, I was interested in all these kind of things, but it was frowned upon. So, That's
0: very interesting given the fact that you know your dad loved um movies as well and such um uh, the the thinking behind it w- was it because they thought it would corrupt kids or what's the thinking behind it well
1: the Pentecostal um, religion you know there's certain you know um parts in the bible that you know mm-hmm. they kind of like you know we weren't allowed to wear makeup we weren't allowed to you know things like that and so if you were if you say an actor who you'd have to you would wear makeup or you would do sex scenes and all this kind of stuff was frowned upon because it didn't kind of go within the religion
0: gotcha makes so, sense
1: yeah so they would kind of like steer you away from that if i'm right. honest yeah um, so it was difficult it was difficult growing up and finding you know myself
0: so what was your outlet then um since you have a you had a creative had and have a creative bone
1: um so i i went into i went into fashion and um so yeah I went into fashion because it was kind of like creative and I was still interested in it, but it was the sort of um the most accepted in the creative world, unfortunately <laughs> so right. I kind of went into that to appease to be really honest
2: okay. and
1: um yeah and you know I was in fashion for a long time you know i you know got my degree and kind of Got jobs in you know in corporate Britain, um you know you know supplied to high streets as a designer and and then later on I uh, opened my own business and then I um kind of like styled um, people in the music industry and things like that um you know so I was in I was doing that for a while.
0: What's that world like? when you're doing that as far as opening your own business in the uk and um uh, being a young woman doing that what's that world like fast
1: (laughs) basically it was great i mean i had such a great time in that world i've got to admit and then um met some really interesting people um i just i really loved it but that you know my world is creative um but because i still was really um it kind of got me out of my shell more as well because you as a as having you have to speak up for yourself right but yep. it was I was it was still kind of like a struggle um because you know as I said I've always been I'm not going to use the word introvert but I've always been a little bit more quieter um but it got me out of my shell and you know go to meetings and I have to speak up for myself and, kind of that was one of the reasons why I kind of like got into um, public speaking and acting and all this kind of stuff you know and then I just kind of like got hooked on that and so I got into acting a little bit later um, yeah. just to sort of like you know free myself a little bit get myself out my
0: shell and um, yeah I just got like I loved acting straight away. Does the uh, male-female dynamic in the business world Owning your own business. Um, Does that exist in the UK as far as um, having a fight for your own, um, not voice, but fight for your own power per se or not? I think that exists
1: everywhere, if I'm honest. Well, I believe it does exist anyway, and it definitely does exist in the UK. Okay, as well. Absolutely. (laughs) And is that something
0: you have to fight with your own business? Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah definitely um it's yeah especially uh well we talk when i was in um the uk and i started and um, doing fashion by that time i would moved to london okay so yeah so manchester i left when i was like i was about just going on to 18 okay and then i yes and then i moved to um, london which is you know the capital as well it's you know it's London look that's where everybody goes who's coming abroad or the tourists and stuff like that so it was that again was a very different world um so I had to get used to the fast life because it's much faster in London you know what I mean it's a kind of like a little you know I'm sure you've been to London but it's a, it's a smaller New York
0: I've never I've never been past Heathrow but
2: Oh. <laughs> oh okay yeah
1: yeah so it's it's that fast pace so coming from manchester again it was like oh this is a shell shot, so you know just being thrown in so and um, and i and i never thought of things like that because i was really i was still you know teenager i was young and um so kind of like being thrown into the london life i was like oh my gosh you know what i mean so i had to sort of like um just learn you know, um, how to speak up for myself and how to, you know, balance work life with social life and paying bills. And it was crazy, but exciting. I would never change anything, if I'm honest. But yeah, I left home young and then just kind of like, I was in um, London kind of on my own. and, And a few years later, while I was in the UK, my mom and my my sisters emigrated to America. So I was, you know, basically in the UK with my dad. Dad was in Manchester. I was in London and we, it was just I was in the UK and they went to America. So it was just like, oh my gosh, I am on my own. This <laughs>
2: Crazy.
0: To touch on London real quick, because you, your eyes seem to light up when you talk about it. What was your favorite part about London specifically? Oh my gosh,
1: London was... It was, yeah, I I can't even tell you, Um, I had, I mean, it's like, I love, you know, as I said, you know, in my um, upbringing, my mom's always taught me how to make something out of nothing, right? And I went to London with nothing, started from absolute scratch when I was young and I was just thirsty. And um, so I would work hard, but play even harder. And I just remember, I don't know, just like people, I was fascinated by people. And uh, I just, just meeting different people from all walks of life, you know, like, this is the time, you know, this first time I met a, um, you know, Someone from Iceland, someone from, you know what I mean? It was just yeah. different, just different. And um,
2: it an was
1: just, oh yeah, it was an adventure. And I was just all over the place. I know London like the back of my hand. I knew what was hot. I was such a underground scene. You know what I mean? I was involved in the carnival, making costumes for that. I was in, you know what I mean? It was just like, you know. How do you know, get in think, touch
0: with all of this? Like, how do you make those connections?
1: You just do, you just, you just, you live it. You just live, you just, you're, you're open. You just be open and um, vulnerable and, um, you know, accepting of people and that kind of stuff. And um, it, it was just dope. I just remember, I remember, you know, cause I came from a closed background and the first time I met a male stripper, I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> was like, What's
2: happening?
1: You know, he was a black male stripper. I was like, really? You know, I was young. You know what I mean? I was like, wow, you strip for a living? And he was like, yeah. (laughs) I was like, this
2: exists. (laughs)
0: Um, Where does the the reverence of not even fearing moving to a city like that on your own? Where does that come from? If you're, you know, you're a shy kid, how do you say, oh, I'm going to move to London and and just make it on my own
1: well as I said I had um I would make up all these stories in my head and what I saw on tv and what would you know what I'm saying so I was just like oh wait, I can just you know I I'm, I'm going to be shopping at Tiffany's I'm going to love you know it. what I mean you I love it you know what I mean. So to, I was just ready. You know what I mean. As soon as, as soon as I was like, okay, eighteen, yes, all these stories I had in my head that I was, I was living before I lived them. I was, li- I was like, yeah, I'm open to living because you know, um, I was adventurous. You know, I was shy, but I was still adventurous, and I'm the sort of person that um, you know, I will meet and see people, but I don't have to be loud about it. So I'm the sort of person that would kind of like observe and just have a great time.
2: Yeah. That.
1: And you know, I just remember um going to parties in the in the UK. There was this thing, there was this place called Subterranea. And I don't know. If, oh my God. I mean, it's still going actually. That was in kind of like Portobello Road, not in Gate, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, like we used to have times there man it was so dope and then there was another spot that we used to hang out called Dance Wicked and it was under the arches um in, in Vauxhall and I literally remember this you know I just remember I never forget this like I used to because one thing about me creative or whatever I love to dance yeah and this spot Dance Wicked would just go on all night and I remember one time I did I just danced, dance dance I forgot the time and as, as I, like, left the archers as I was coming out of the club, I would literally, um, it was daylight. And I remember seeing church people with their hats. going to church. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was like, well, what time is it? It was like, you know, 10 a.m.? I'd be in Dance Wicked, like, at, te- at 12. And then t- 10 a.m. in the morning, I'd see church people going to, and I'd be like, "Oh, I feel like Christina right now.
0: But um, you've lived your life.
1: I just, yeah, I had a great time in London, you know, really worked hard. And as I said, like played hard too.
0: really don't. So how do you go from um, the fashion industry to um, igniting or reigniting that dream of wanting to act?
1: Yeah, I just, um, as I said, I did feel like, you know, like I didn't really, I didn't feel like I could articulate enough when I was pitching jobs because I had my own business. had my own business, and I didn't really feel like confident that I could go to Sony and you know, you know, um, Virgin Records because I was working with record companies. Yeah. So you know, it was kind of like um, East West Records and Sony and all them kind of places, right? And you'd have to go in and sort of sell ideas basically. And I didn't really feel confident to do that. And somebody suggested to me that I should take acting classes, just to sort of, you know, more improv, just to sort of like get myself out of my head and, mm-hmm. you, know, and you know, public speaking classes and things like that. And I did, but when I did, I realized that I really love this you know what I mean? And I just kept going back and kind of like, um, you know, um, honing it and just got better and better. And I just loved it. And I just, and it, as you said, ignited the love that I had when I was younger. And I just kept going at it. And I, I didn't really care how old I got. I didn't care. I was just like, whatever. I'm just going to keep doing what I love.
0: In it for the long run.
1: Yeah, didn't care. And, you know, I started doing, you know, commercials and in the UK and I worked with a bit with the BBC and I worked you know what I'm saying so yeah it kind of started like that I was like a double for Mary Jane. Black Asia was this and you know what I mean it's and it just kind of started um moving like that
0: opening doors
1: uh, yeah yeah just opening doors and meeting people I wasn't like hugely successful or whatever but I didn't care I just wanted to do
0: the, the work so how does moving to the States, where does that come into play then?
1: Well, um, it was, I remember in 2000, I think it was like 2005 or 2004. Um, the industry went, got really bad, you know. Music-wise,
0: you mean, or fashion-wise?
1: Fashion, yeah, because, what, well, just general entertainment. Because it was the time when um, the music, you know, I don't know if you remember, but they started closing down the record stores. And yeah. Well, you know what I mean? They started mm-hmm. like Tower Records and all them kind of things. And, what happened with the music industry and the fashion? They the first person people to go were like the the stylists and the makeup in, makeup artists. I see. They were just kind of clamping down. It was the beginning of the that recession, and that kind of like that was the early days. And then it went to two thousand and eight, where it really hit. You know what I mean? So in that period of time, it was just like oh, London really slowed down, really slowed down, and you know. Um, and I was like, oh, okay, I have a green card. Um, my mom's in America. She's in, you know, so maybe I should have a go and see what it's like there. My, my dad was still in the UK, but my mom was in America. So I was like, let me have a go and see what it's like in the USA. And I just came with a green card, a <laughs> couple of hundred dollars, pounds, should I say, not dollars, time, and then um, just tried it. Ballsy. <laughs> it
2: was
0: crazy. Are you still just as ballsy as that?
1: Um, because I'm—I don't have kids, and you know what I mean. It was just like, okay, well, you know, I can make something out of nothing. That I can cook, so even if I have a dollar or less, whatever, I can find, I can hustle it and eat at least. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It was That kind of attitude, and I'm still that way. out, you know, whatever. I'll, I'll, I, can, I can make it. Um, within that time, though, what was kind of interesting, I'm going to backtrack a tiny bit. Going yeah. so back to um, Manchester before I went to, I did really start having a, a strong relationship with God. And that gave me uh, confidence a lot because I, I really did think that, literally, I really did think that as a a person God was literally a person next to me every time everywhere I went and so I was like oh no I'm not on my own I'm not on my own I'm cool you know what I mean it's you know it's it's dope and um he got me you know what I mean so um so I I, so that really did give me that kind of like confidence as well
0: so was that a family influence or do you think you just kind of were in the right place right time and got hooked
1: I think it was just like, um, I think obviously it's a bit of everything, you know what I mean? Because like you, you can't find um, God or spirituality or whatever you want to call it um, on your own. You've got, you know, you've got to have some- um, Influence. Influence, you know what I mean? You've got ha- to be taught. Certain, so it's, it's everything, even though that it, I have this thing, I had this thing inside. Um, you know, there was also that influence the people that I met, the my parents, you know, their experiences, my experiences. So it's the village, you know what I mean? You can't, you know, you don't come to certain things on your own, and it's all part of your, your adventure, your life.
0: What was your yes. first year in LA like?
1: Horrible. <laughs> oh my god
2: tell me about really,
1: it I something I cried for about six months on my own because really? I yeah because like I didn't realize I was I was even though my mom lives in Florida I didn't realize um things like just things like um credit score credit history I mean I we didn't have stuff like that we didn't you know what I mean it was just kind of like... If you had the money to rent an apartment, you rented the apartment with the money. No, in, the, in LA, you need history. They ain't gonna bring it out, you know? And yeah. uh, it was things like that. So I was really like, oh my gosh, this is, I have to, you know, develop this.
2: Wait, you know,
0: so in the UK, in the UK, if you want to rent, you just rent without credit score ran or nothing.
1: really yeah especially now it might be a little different but back then no you didn't have a credit score or history if you had a job you would find you would show them that you were bringing money in yeah and then you would move in
0: and you gave a deposit and such
1: and you'd move in
2: yeah
1: it was so i just had like um touch of angels man i i met some really cool friends and they just helped you know, okay, we can help you with this. And look, okay, put my name on this and then, it, you know, it'll help you with this and you can rent a car and, you know what I mean? They really, people helped me a lot, but it was difficult, you know what I mean? So it was actually, it was both. It was, um, had some really great times and had some really horrible times. So it was tough though. The first year was very tough, but very exciting at the same time. It, you
2: know,
0: go ahead, what'd you say?
1: I said it's, it was just a new world for me.
0: Yeah. Has it, or how long did it take for it to feel like home?
1: Um, I'm going to say about four years. Okay. About, about four years. And I was like, oh, this is dope. You know, this is real dope. You know what I mean? I, I really, like now, I'm really happy I made that move. Um, but as I said, like Manchester was fantastic for me growing up. London was fantastic for me growing up and now LA, where I am now, is fantastic for me. You know what I'm saying? So I've been very privileged to live in such great places. You know what I mean? So, um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I wouldn't change
0: anything. Do you ever see yourself living back in the UK?
1: Um, For a reason, maybe like if I got like a fantastic project for a little yeah, while, yeah. You know, but not yeah. on a permanent, I don't think on a permanent basis now.
0: You know? So I'm gonna ask you some quick questions here. Um, what's um, your favorite city in the US?
1: Oh, oh, that's hard because I have too many. Really? Yeah, because I, I one thing, um, you know, in LA I did a lot of nine to fives just to sort of like, you know, a um, lot of jobs. I've had a lot of jobs in LA,
2: yeah.
1: just to get by and stuff. And one of the things was I was um, kind of like I-, I traveled for a luxury vehicle doing presentations. What's the name? And I was <would laughs> no yeah, yeah, and I would travel around the country as a job, and so I got to experience so many cities. Mm and i used to love going to certain cities for certain reasons so washington oh my god like year after year we'd go to different these cities but i've seen so much of the us in comparison yeah. to a lot of the americans right yeah yeah and washington for me was so dope because okay I, I just put i remember just putting my bags down in the hotel and just going to every museum every you know what I mean? Every um, kind of poetry cafe, every, you know what I mean? And I had my, my favorite spots, but and then my friends that I, I, I met the year before, I'd call up and go, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I'm in town now. And then, so there were certain cities that I would just do that for. And Washington was one, and I love Washington, and I love Atlanta. That was another one. Boy, I had some times at Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was just, and then I would uh, love places like New York, Chicago. You know what I mean? So it's so hard to sort of like say one city because I've experienced so much in many cities. And then I went to Eagle Rock, and I experienced, yeah. And I I went to the school of um, you know the segregated um, school, and you know I sat in the seat yeah. and. Listen, I, I just, I can't even, um, I'm just grateful. I'm grateful. For-
0: You've seen a lot of the U.S. Yeah, have seen a lot. Of- You've seen a lot.
1: Yeah, so I'm really just grateful for um, those experiences and meeting those kind of people from all around the
0: U.S. Um, yeah. What's one thing that you would find in the U.S. that you, you wouldn't find in the U.K.? Uh, be it culture or anything of that nature, food?
1: Yeah. Um, that's a difficult one. I think one of, I don't really know. Food, kind of similar. Um, you,
0: well, let me reverse it. What about the UK and not in the US?
1: UK, well, I mean, I'm vegan now, but like, uh, boy, you cannot find a decent, when I was, when I was pescatarian, I couldn't find a decent fish and chips in the US, boy. But, that was difficult. Yeah, food,
0: <laughs> food. Well, Okay, I'm, I, I, I'm gonna aside this real quick. What's the thing with fish and chips and bake, the baked beans? Um, what, what's? Explain that to me.
1: Fish and chips is what you've grown up on, mate. I mean, like, that is British culture at its finest. I mean, <laughs> you can't, like, proper fish and chips out of paper you know real cod real chips not french fries that you guys say real chips Um, and you know and it's better from the north i'll just say that right now the north of england i think is better than the south of england when it comes to fish and chips
2: oh okay
1: yeah and you know um manchester yeah manchester um Mm -hmm. and also um you know the culture of football and stuff like that because i grew up, grew up right near the united round, the manchester united ground. united yeah
0: um did you ever go watch
1: matches yeah but the i don't want to age myself but um back in the day back um, in the day i used to riot
2: a lot so ah, it was,
1: yeah, so you it was, hung
2: around hooligans
1: yeah there was a lot of hooligans because where we lived Um, you know, at five o'clock the doors would open and the hooligans would come out. So you have to be very careful because they would riot um, a lot if they lost and stuff like that. Okay. Um, Yeah, so
2: it was.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, Um, last question, Patricia. Um, If you could have dinner with any two people dead or alive, who would they be?
1: Wow. you know what? I'm going to say I would want to be at the last supper with Jesus. Many questions. Oh, my gosh. That last supper right there? I'd be like, so, you know, and, you know, you know what I mean? Yep. That's Mate, if I could literally sit down and just ask, you know, people would be like, Girl, you can, just pray. But <laughs> oh, no, you really sit down? Like a one-on-one with Jesus? Yes. It's oh, a yeah. wrap. It would be a wrap, you know what I mean? Because I know we get on. I know, I know, I know. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, because I've always been, you know, like uh, I'm so interested in, um, you know, the, the unknown. It really, you know, it intrigues me. And mm-hmm. um, spirituality and God and all those great things. Um, that that would be like my number one. Sit down with Jesus literally and be just like questions, questions, and it would be dope.
2: Yeah. And who um, would number two be?
1: Number two. Oh, I don't know. My my this uh, a truthful conversation, a real truthful conversation. I lost my parents um, in, t- one was, my dad went in 2018 and my mom went in, t- in 2020, um, so, you know, last year. So I don't know, I think like a truthful conversation with my mom, a real honest um, conversation because, you know, and when she was alive, it didn't really, we, we you know, wasn't really a conversation that I could have had, yeah, That's when she was alive. But now she's passed on. I would love to sort of have a truthful conversation with her now, if I'm
0: honest. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: So Jesus and my mama.
2: I got you.
0: I got you. Um, I'm going to ask one more question. Um, How does your faith inform your career in acting?
1: Um, you know that's a really good question. Um I don't know. I'm one of these people that I'd be like, I'm, I, you know, I really believe in the supernatural, the miracles, and stuff like that. Me personally, I want to push myself that would um, exceed expectations. And I believe um, God will walk with me in that. You know what I mean? I just wanna see um, miracles happen. I'm ready for the miraculous, you know, obviously the hard work, but I know that there is um, possibilities in the impossible and i want to i want that to come to fruition for me in that and plus you know whatever there is a um whatever could change the um the nature of the business in a positive light let me be that vehicle let me be that vehicle to do so you know because you know a lot of the industry has this kind of like you know, there's this, there's the Me Too movement and things like that. It's a lot of this negati- negativity that is towards, and, you know, the religion that I was talking about, you know, it was all, it's all, yes, it's all terrible and da da da. But I don't believe so. I believe there's some um, good that can, that is in the industry. And, um, you know, let's be the voice and the vehicles for that. Good messages instead of like this whole Um, thing that stigma of the entertainment being so you know brutal and so yeah um you know so yeah let's change it
2: so you'd
0: like your work to affect people in that
1: yeah you know in a in a good way in a positive way
2: yeah rather
1: than um, you know all this casting couch, and, you know, and especially when it comes to, you know, um, the racism and the this and the sexism and ageism and stuff like that. You know, let's just tell great stories. Why not? Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen.
0: Patricia, um, I've seen your work. You're a beast at it. Oh, I you. always say it. <laughs> um, but- thank you uh obviously i knew about um the passing of your parents um um thank you for sharing that and thank you for for giving me the time of day to do this i really appreciate it
2: thank you it's
1: always a pleasure talking to you Mo.
0: you're a star girl you're a star (laughs) how are you (laughs) i appreciate it um is is there anything you'd like to share um or have people know or learn about you or
1: um, you know, um, there's just um, a couple of things I'd like to. I just want to shout out to a couple of people. You know, you know who they are. Go ahead, girl. <laughs> okay, Miss Caroline. Come on, though. You know, you and me. We Caroline
0: have- Ducreux, who's yes. one
1: of my
2: episodes. madam. Friends. Yep.
1: You know she's just been amazing, isn't she? Really, when we we worked together with her, yeah, um, on a Greek, um, a, some Greek theatre that we did, and I've got to admit, you know, she's kind of like helped me so much. You know what I mean? And I'm sure you too. She's such a great inspiration. She's an amazing
0: um, soul, amazing spirit, amazing soul.
1: soul. And she was on your show, right? She was already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She
2: was. She was head yeah. on.
1: Um, And then also, oh, I met this amazing teacher. Um, You know, always, I just always like feel, you know, I don't care how old you are, what you look like or whatever. Just keep learning new stuff. You know, learning from people. and I don't care how old they are. You can learn from young. You can learn from old. You can learn from black, white. Um, just learn, and it's dope because it kind of like it just broadens your horizons. And I really love IDSA. I'm going I'm just gonna say it, IDSA, and um, it's great school. And I've um, I met this teacher called. Do you want to or- say what
0: the initials are? Also, in IDSA, just so people know.
1: IDSA, um, Identity School of Acting.
0: Okay. Uh huh. And that's where we went.
1: Might- Sorry.
0: I say that's where we went, that's, that's
1: kind of right, yeah. it's a great school um, and I just think that you know, you meet so many great teachers um, I met a teacher called Or Benz, Benzra um, Segal and he is superb really, you know, and one thing I would say, no not everybody is for everyone, right so finding who you gel with and who allows you to experiment and explore anybody who's coming into the industry please you know run with them don't allow people to suffocate you to lose your identity and I think that's one thing that at the beginning um when I was trying to find myself in the UK, in LA should I say not in the UK in LA you know I was you know, people were telling me, giving me all these this advice. Some was great, some was not so great. But I was listening so much to people that I lost myself. I felt like I lost myself. And I lost years because of that, I think. But as I said, it's all um, experience. And, and, you know, you, you kind of lose a part of it because, you know, you're doing the the thing that you think is the right thing to do. And you know, when you start losing yourself, that is definitely the wrong thing to do.
0: How do you come? How do you come back from that?
1: Heart, you know, just being still. <laughs> Don't run so much, and being still, and and go within. You know, go within. And for me, for me, that's where prayer and meditation, and you know things came in that's how I came back to myself and it 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 took a while you know but it, and I said as I said it's all a part of the um experience but looking back I'm like mate you know too much noise sometimes the distractions and the noise and listening and you know
2: mm-hmm. you
1: listen to listen to the right people and and, and align yourself with the right things and the right people, um, you know, and just find your team, find your people.
0: I suppose it's tougher to do nowadays because there's so much thought of, am I doing enough? Am I not doing enough? Um, there's social media to see what you're not doing and all this other stuff. Um, so um, your advice to anyone out there that might be in that would be.
1: Yeah, um, find a moment of, find moments of stillness for yourself. I'm not saying that social media is bad, it's great, you know, because I've honestly, I've um, connected so much on social media with different people, but you've got to find your moment of stillness to, you know, really know, find out who you really are. And that's kind of like helped me a lot in that, just taking time out in even in the mornings or whatever, Take some time for stillness and reading and that kind of stuff, and that's the advice that I would really give. To find out who you are, because you know you all this stuff on social media, it's influential to to a point where you don't really you can't see it until it's kind of like oh it's too late. Um, so just find time to come back to yourself.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, you just blessed us with a word, so all of God's people said, "Amen." Amen. <laughs> <laughs> Patricia Grant, you're a star. Thank you so much, girl. No, so thank you. you.
2: All
0: right. Cheers. And that was my conversation with my good friend Patricia Grant from Manchester, England. Uh, Patricia is a TV film and stage actress living in Los Angeles. I will post a photo of Patricia on our Instagram. That's at this immigrant life podcast. Um, As always, please give us a rating. Um, That's all we ask of you please give us a rating. Um, That's on Spotify, um, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, whichever one you're streaming from. Um, And if you have comments, questions that you would like us to ask the guest, just comment below on um, whatever streaming service you're using. Uh, We'll have someone great for you next. And as always, thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. Keep listening.
2: And... Au revoir.